Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Midwest Monsters. Gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Adler, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny, Hot Toddy. Good to be with you again, folks, as we revisit a topic this evening. A while back, who remembers what number the episode may have been? 67. Episode number 67, we did a roundtable discussion about vampires. We'd like to revisit that conversation tonight because uh, Hot Toddy and Venomous Vinny were not a part of that conversation, and we've all watched some new films, so I think it's worth uh, talking about again, um, just for fun, just spitballing a little bit. We're not going to really get into depth on Dracula films, per se, because we plan on doing a Dracula episode in the not-too-distant future, so just... Year 2000... <laughs> Nineteen. Uh, <laughs> so, um, vampire movies start us out, uh, rookies. I was. I feel like vampire movies have went through. Uh, so I know the last one there was a lot of talk about Twilight. I yeah, think uh, will happen tonight. I think Twilight actually came from like an older period. So I, to me, and I know that vampires have been in films for a while. But to me, it began with, like, the Dracula era. So, like, Nosferatu, which was, they just didn't want to pay for the rights. So, and it led to Dracula. And then there was kind of, like, the Romantic era. So, like, Dark Shadows, way before Twilight. Um, where vampires were looked at as, like, a, it was more of a, a love story. And then it became, like, animalistic, where, like, the 80s uh, vampire films. And then uh, it kind of transitioned to Blade, where... You know, uh, kind of reinvented where they would turn to ash, and it was kind of like a combination of all of the above, and then it went right back a uh, full circle. So in between that is a lot of a lot of movies to cover. I think Blade ushered in the era of the uh, raver vampire <laughs> for that, certain. That would also go along with uh, Underworld, which I know Vinny's a big fan of. I actually I am a fan of the majority of that series. Uh, while we're on this, uh, I tell you what, let's hit this now because I know this let's is. A, let's start with Underworld. This is a point of discussion. So I, and I will say I do like the majority of, of that s- series, though it certainly goes sour. Um, Ground to sour. I like werewolves. I think we've established before. I'm more of a werewolf guy than a vampire guy. Um, I think that the Underworld movies have some great practical effect costuming for their werewolves. Um, it mixes in action with practical effect. I don't know. Something about these movies hits for me. I don't think that they're great cinema 
a story, you know, as far as that goes. There's no message. It's violence. <laughs> it's violence. And it's werewolves and vampires fighting each other. I That's hard to go wrong with that. I've watched way shittier versions of that yeah. in a lot of different movies. I, I, I know that that's not a popular opinion. I'm curious to, to hear I, opinions. I will 100% agree with everything you just said. I like all five movies. I think the last two movies. There's five. They're weak. Yeah. There, there's five. The last Ooh. two movies to me was just a. It's like the last two movies felt like a bridge to the next movie, which I don't They're particularly weak. like. Um, and the, the first film to me was the strongest, but certainly, it's certainly. a it's not a it's not a bad franchise. Nope, it's a modern day horror and werewolf story, because um, a lot of times you don't get that set in present day. Um, I don't know. I think it, it's it's more action film than it's a horror film, one hundred percent. But it, it's an action film with horror themes. Sure. Professor, has your opinion changed on the Underworld series? Oh, I'm too ignorant on it. Have you it seen like, any of them? I don't. I I feel mm. like I watched the first one. You're ignorant. This you're, look like you're, you're pretty. Yeah, adamant. You're in, the, in the first in our first Vampire Roundtable, you're pretty adamant against them. Yes, you are. Well, I just I don't think I, if I've seen it, I don't remember it. It's like Eon Flux with. That's not. A, that's around. not uh, oh. untrue. <laughs> like yeah, I can't argue just, with that. I will uh, say str- the- I feel like I watched the first one. I've already forgotten. There's it, some so. good actors. There's uh, I can't uh there's five. The yeah. actor who was the actor who played uh we you we probably mostly know him as Sean's stepfather and Sean of the Yeah, Day. yeah, yeah. Uh there's some really good actors oh, yeah. um, from yeah. the UK in those movies. Yeah, like totally worth I think it's worth checking out. Uh, Bill, Bill Miley. Bill. It, it basically I deals with a war interested. that's been going on for de- for generations between werewolves and vampires. So, probably you better than werewolves versus strippers. <laughs> uh, guarantee probably, it. Yeah. Uh, strippers versus werewolves or whatever. <laughs> or zombies or whatever. I I think I've only seen the first couple. They're, I, I don't hate them. I don't love them, but I don't hate them. So I think they're, they're okay. My biggest hang up on a lot of them is cgi the reliance of cgi on quite a bit of it i mix that up with i remember watching van helsing the first oh one. well no, oh, van yeah. helsing is that's hot yeah, trash just kind of blended it all together yeah, yeah. I, I only because they both have kate beckinsale on yeah. them <laughs> now Vinny, if it's not going to get you in too much trouble at home can you tell the story <laughs> about when your wife came in oh man you were watching uh, a friend of I, like we had a work gift exchange and uh, a guy that I work with got me what was then like a two-pack or a three-pack of the movies that had been out to that day of Underworld. And uh, he's a guy who's kind of a Fast and the Furious, uh, likes car movies. Anyway, he gets me this. I like those movies. So I'm watching it. The wife comes in. She's huffy. She's like, we watch. I was like, uh, Underworld what I'm watching. She's like, yeah, well, remember when you said Kate Beckinsale, power hot? Yeah, it's trash. <laughs> and Storm's out, and I said, and I laughed, and I said, are you hot about a comment that I made about Kate Beckinsale ten years ago? <laughs> and, like, at that point, you see halfway it's sunk, like, it's how ridiculous that sounds, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, really? Like, isn't Justin Timberlake your wallpaper on your phone? You know what I mean? Like, and she's like, maybe. 
Uh, maybe it's something was ten years ago, but like clearly, like it resonated that it was ridiculous that she was this mad about it. But yeah, yeah, that's the story right there. It's trash. <laughs> Tickles me every time. <laughs> Love you, Sandy. So I, I will say where I liked Underworld. Underworld was popular, and then there was a slew of copycats. So we got yeah. like Daybreakers with uh, Ethan Hawke. I actually watched that one for the first time. Uh, because I've seen a lot of vampire movies, and because I'm not an enormous vampire fan, I don't revisit a lot of them. Uh, but Would I happen to say that they suck. <laughs> Sorry, I'm only doing it once. I had to get it. Out. I happen to see that because uh, I again still have the old DVD Netflix for this podcast. Um, I got Daybreakers because I'd never seen it, and uh, I saw the names Willem Dafoe and. It's like, like, all right, this got to be decent. You know, there's clearly some budget behind it. I watched it. It's okay. It just didn't stick with me. I don't even remember it. There's not much about it. Like, basically, vampires have taken over. And there there is a famine now because there aren't enough humans to sustain them. And there's even factory farming, basically, where they have humans sedated, hooked up piled on top of one another to try to feed, but because there are so many vampires, there's not enough human blood anymore. And there's a famine, and people start to freak out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Willem Dafoe's character was a vampire, but through accident discovered that you can be cured of the condition. Hmm. It's got good actors. It's got a good budget behind it. Uh, the effects are decent. There's just something about it that doesn't, like Todd said, it just doesn't stick with you. Uh, it's just, there's nothing profound about it. It's okay. I, I heard it was okay. I, 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 I don't discourage people from watching it, but it's you're not going to watch anything life-changing. So, And then I would say that led to also the Blood Rain movies, which was a great video game and a cool concept, but two really shitty movies. Uh, and I can't think of the director's name, but like Mule Bowl or whatever. That makes Uwe. Just garbage yeah. movies. Uwe Bowl. Um, so that definitely Underworld uh, pushed those movies. And then weirdly, because Resident Evil had its own franchise with uh, Mila, she yeah. was in the movie Ultraviolet, which was to me was kind of a copy. Kind of an Aeon Flux ripoff. That, you're right. That was a vampire flick. Yeah. I didn't even, didn't even register. So it was, almost, right. it was almost like Resident Evil meets Underworld, which no, is all you're... the same company. And they're like, just throw Mila in it. But like you say, it is very, like Aeon Flux as well. Like it all trains together. Didn't even think about that movie. Because it's so much more stylized and feels more like a foreign film, like a Japanese film. Yeah. That it didn't even register with me as a vampire movie. You're absolutely right, it was. If I may interject, uh, a film that I don't think I discussed last time that I just rewatched. Talking about films that feel like other films. Uh, I just revisited Stakeland. Anyone I have that on my Steak Land. Steak Land, I got in a um, in a <clears> blind <throat> one of those blind time. horror boxes, and I was like, "All right, I'll check it out." I was actually pretty impressed with Steak Land. I haven't watched the sequel, uh-huh. but I like part one. Steak Land is a good movie that is really a zombie movie yeah. that they call the vampire. Okay, movie. I would totally agree with that. So that's my biggest hang up with it. It's a good movie, but it's just a post-apocalyptic zombie Which movie. Which gets into Matheson's story that was put for Last Man on Earth. Yes. Omega Man, I Am, yeah. I am Legend. Same thing. Yeah. That's technically vampirism, but it's like a zombie movie. Yep, exactly. So 
Talking about films that feel like other films, Stakeland is really good. I'd recommend checking it out, but it's really a zombie movie that they call vampires. So also, again, kind of like uh, it did not reinvent the wheel, and I'm not sure why people think that Twilight did. Uh, Twilight was popular when it came out, and I will say what I liked about the movie, although the first one sucks, is that it was something different for the time, but then Twilight took off, and then we got Vampire Academy, Vampires Suck, even True Blood, which I know was a book series, True Blood kind of got watered down with vampires for a while. Like, where the vampire was the good guy, it wasn't until later seasons where the vampire became the villain again in True Blood that saved the show. Um, there was just, like, all these, like, where vampires... I kind of feel like vampires were actually producing these films, so it's like, look, we're not a threat. Come over here. <laughs> um, which, that's all I really have to say about Twilight. Uh, yeah, let it never be spoken again on this podcast but uh i will Certainly say not half the and episode. if you listen to the other podcast there was a mention of how there's like a the worldwide phenom of twilight but to me uh, what started off in our generation was probably two books one by a little known author named stephen king Mm-mm. salem's lot early 70s the other would be interview with a vampire by um and rice. rice both probably all the vampire movies we grew up on that was the start of it was those two books uh, and then, you know, <laughs> exactly, Puka. You know, before uh, all the films were essentially Dracula or like a kind of like a little bit of riff of Dracula or there were zombie movies. Because um, what was the films we were just talking about? The Omega Man was the first one. with Last Man Price. on Earth. So Last Man on Earth really is like, it, they're more zombies than yes than vampires, and eventually the Will Smith movie. It's the clear. Omega Man. They don't even come off. Like, I've never seen Omega Man, but the Will Smith movie. They are vampires. They, yeah, vampires very much more so. Um, but to me, like the the era that we grew up on was because of Stephen King and Anne Rice because of their books. So um, I know I was talking about the last time, but to me, Salem's Law is a big deal to me. So number one, the fact that it's a TV movie. And most people don't realize it's a TV movie. I'm going to be honest with you, I've never seen it. Salem's Lot is the scariest vampire movie ever made, in my opinion. I So, I, it was, I'm sure it wasn't the original airing, because it aired in 79. I was born in 78. I'm sure I don't remember that. There was some TV airing. I watched. I didn't even watch the whole movie. All I seen was a damn kid floating out of the window, and that was enough for me. Uh I, ju- I just I just rewatched Salem's Lot for this episode, and it is it is a three hour movie, and I know people now are always like, oh, it's three hours. Avengers Endgame is three hours. Yeah, right? Titanic was three hours. Like, get over it. Titanic. I've never seen Titanic. Titanic. But uh, Salem's Light- Lot is a strong movie. Um, the atmosphere, like the fact that it doesn't even feel like budget wise, like the look of it, everything does not look like a 1970s TV movie. <clears throat> Tobey. <laughs> um, who yeah, pair? Yeah, directed it. Uh, real quick, does anybody have a definitive movie? Because I just said that I think that is the scariest vampire movie ever made. As far as what do I think is the scariest is the vampire movie? Not necessarily the best or the most entertaining. I have two top one, but I don't know that I would say scariest. And this, it's okay if we have the same. Yeah, movie. I do. To be honest with you, I don't know that I've ever found them to be frightening. I would say yeah, Salem's Lot. If I if I have to. That. If I have to say scares, I would say Salem's Lot. Okay. Uh, Salem's Lot is pretty high, but I think for me, just because you guys know I'm a bit of a survivalist, <laughs> um, 30 Days a Night is pretty scary to me. 
Okay. 30 Days a Night's a great film, but it didn't scare me like Salem's Lot. I'll tell you, I, this this will be my answer because I don't, like I say, I don't think that vampires, I've ever been particularly scared of them. Me either. This is, Salem's Lot for me is just a different ball. Uh, but being younger and the look of Count Orlock from Nosferatu sure. as, a, as a young kid, that's... That's a disturbing image Which, when you're young. Even like the silhouette, the shadow, like yeah. ever. That's a creepy. You need looking to watch vampire. Salem's Lot because Barlow. I do need to watch Barlow Salem's Lot. Barlow looks like Nosferatu. Yeah, I'm not against it. I just never have. For sure. Um, having <laughs> talking about Salem's Lot though, I also revisited a return to Salem's Lot, uh, which I remember. That was Larry Cohen. Larry Cohen, late '80s. I remember seeing it on Showtime. I remember being Joel scared Cohen. of it. Ethan. I remember enjoying it and not understanding why the hate on it. And then I rewatched it last night and I'm like, damn, this is doo-doo. Yeah, it's especially it's at watching Salem's Lot and then going into this one, it's poop. Yeah. Did didn't they just recently announce that uh it's about James to, Wan is getting behind doing a remake of Salem's so, Lot? So and they remade it for with uh Rob Lowe a while back say, for yeah, TNT. What about that one? But yeah, uh James Wan, I believe, and it's at, they're trying to do which would be the first time it was theatrical. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Um, I think that could be a strong film. I'll tell you another one that I think that the vampire is actually scary, and the more I think about it, and it's actually Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Chris Sarandon, his Great version guy. of the vampire is pretty scary at times. Fright, Fright Night scared when me when serious. I saw it. As a kid. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, to me, when I say vampire movies, like, and we leave out Dracula. To me, two vampire movies stand out always, is, and I can never choose which one I like better. is Fright Night and The Lost Boys. No, I totally agree with that. And those I will say, great, granted, great I don't feel movies. the same way now, but when I was a kid, both of those movies scared me too. I don't think – I was never scared by The Lost Boys. I think The Lost Boys gave me enough of – I wouldn't say true fright, but a, but a thrill enough. Yeah. I and, think it's a flip with the priorities of those films. I think the Lost Boys is is first and foremost first and foremost about Corey Haim and making friends and his brother and figuring things out. And then the vampires are kind of great and they're there. But that's what not what drives the film. Fright Night is still about a kid kind of going through the same thing, but there's much more of an emphasis on the vampire. Yes. Yeah. And Lost Boy and what both movies have that most '80s movies had, and I and I've heard you say it in episodes of the podcast before, Professor, is that at that age, nothing was cooler to you than being a teenager. Yeah, and so most of these movies have teenagers because it, adults long for when they were, and kids under that long for when they are, mm-hmm. and. So they connect with an audience that way. Plus, that's mostly who was going to the movies. They knew what they were doing. It's all it's all a business plan. Uh, but the Lost Boys, the Lost Boys has a there's a certain bit of heart to it. I think they don't beat you over the head with it by any means whatsoever. But it's being the new kid in town. It's tying in uh, to me. The vampirism is a is an analogy just for that coming of age awkwardness of becoming something else not being a child becoming an adult i think it plays with those themes but creatively putting into an entertaining well, you aspect know, you know lost boys was peter pan right yes i'm well aware of that okay well aware of that you're peter pan, <laughs> peter pan. You're, you're, peter. You're, you're ignorant uh 
But yeah, The Lost Boys <laughs> is absolutely a great movie. Just absolutely fantastic. Another one, uh, well, Fright Night. Fright Night, you went with me with Roddy McDowell. Like, if you have Roddy McDowell in a movie, I'm probably going to and, watch and, it. And they're, they're different spectrum, and what I love about Fright it's Night. Totally. So, Friday Night was definitely throwback to, like, all the kids that grew up on the 50s. So, like, even, um, what was his name again? Vince, Peter Vincent. Uh-huh. So, like, Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, uh, all the, like, old school vampire films. And he's a, he's a horror host. Yeah. Like, I, I love the, the phenomenon of horror host, so that's always nice to me, too. Because it's a bygone era. So, so, it was like, Friday Night was what was, going, what was leaving from the 80s. And then Lost Boys was like the little pause. The modern tale. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally but agree. But both were a perfect fit for the 80s. No, you're right. Have you guys, did you guys know that they're making a Lost Boys TV show? Can we stop? So I mean the podcast. How are those, how are those sequels? <laughs> that, with, uh, Two is doo-doo. Three is not bad. Okay. Um, the TV show I'm in, actually interested in. So there's two ways it could go. So Catherine Hardwick. Again, I said I would mention it twice. So she directed the first Twilight. Ugh. Twilight's cheesy as fuck. But she also did the movie 13. And 13 is really a strong film. That's a good movie. So if she, if she goes in that route instead of trying to make a buck off her name from Twilight, and they, I think Lost Boys could potentially be a good TV show. And I think it's different characters. I think it's got more of a, <laughs> uh, a girl spin on it than, uh, I don't know. But Lost Boys is an important film to me, so I'm already like... Oh, it hits me right in the nostalgia button. Yeah. Like, Big time. I watched that movie a million times as a kid. So I'm definitely interested in what they could do with the show, but at the same time, I'm like, don't fuck it up. Um, a vampire movie that was introduced to me by Grizzly Abner uh, that I can't say enough about it is uh, Near Dark. Mm. I had never seen... I don't know how I had missed that in all my years. And then you're like, you got to check this out. And I watched it and I was like, holy shit, where has this been all my life? Yeah. <laughs> so good. And like when I look at the cast even, it's like, how have I not seen this movie? Lance Hendrickson? Bill Paxton? Like, are you kidding me? And I haven't seen this? And wasn't this directed by... Um, Bigelow. Yeah. Yep. So Catherine Bigelow. Um, what is it? I Cameron Crow. Jesus. Uh, James Cameron's wife at the time. It's why you have a lot of the regurgitated cast. This, and this aliens. one, this one doesn't. It doesn't hit you with all of the tropes of a vampire no, movie. They never say the word vampire. It and puts it in a completely different era. Yeah, landscape. It's the, the effects of being in the desert as a vampire. Is yeah, because everybody's got to live someplace, and it's not. And then, I think a lot of. What disinterested me about vampires, maybe when I was younger, why I didn't like it as much as werewolves, is because it's often presented as this gothic thing, which I couldn't really connect with. But Near Dark throws away that gothic vampire end of things and takes you into the modern world and showing you how they would survive. I don't know. It's just well, I done think, so well. In fairness to what you're saying, especially as a, a child viewer, but... That's a creepy way of phrasing it. Um, but <laughs> I think something that... Did we want that, want that to be your occupation? Coppola did really well was to bring the grotesque aspect yes. to Dracula. And so there's all these other forms that it takes, and he's really the only one that's ever jumped in and tried to get nasty with that while trying to be true, fairly true to the book. Although he switched Lucy and Mina... Mm. characters for some reason but anyways 
that's something that I always have wondered why more movies haven't tried to tackle because Hollywood has always been obsessed and foreign films for that matter with making it all sexual. With Dracula, Vampires are very romantic. I understand to a certain degree is a large part of, of what's going on there, but there's also this whole other element where we're, we're able to shift into a bat and a wolf yeah. and scale up buildings and fly. And so something that I applaud Coppola's film for is getting gnarly with it because Dracula is disgusting in some segments. I yeah. mean, absolutely terrifying. And for some reason, they've always sidestepped that in film. Went for the sexy instead. Yeah. Todd, do you feel like a lot of vampire movies throughout the years that there's a gay undertone to most there, of them? There, there is definitely, I wouldn't even say so much undertone, which is one film I have on my list that was mentioned last time. There is no gay undertone. It is gay until Tom Cruise took the role of Lestat, and, and then they became, vampire, yeah. and then him and Brad Pitt became roommates. Uh, interview with the Vampire. I don't know how much more gay you can get. No. Um, oh yeah. They're like these two aren't enough. Uh, let's get Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Then they, yeah. They throw that in. But however, the film is so watered down, and I think it's because Tom Cruise took that role. It doesn't. It it almost is like they're just roommates. I've read the book. Yeah, as well in as fairness, the... he literally couldn't fill its shoes because he's like five two. <laughs> uh, and then, where I will say though, as much as like that, that's a little annoying. I do really enjoy the movie. I think the movie where the great. sequel is hot garbage. Ah, doo doo. Queen, of the, Queen of the Damned is oh, one of the yeah. that. So one, if Tom Cruise can dye his hair blonde, Stuart Townsend can dye his hair blonde. Uh, that since that's Aaliyah's last movie, I hate saying it because I was so excited when they were talking about making Queen of the Damned. It was shit. And they actually took the Vampire Lestat book and Queen of the Damned, which are huge books, put it together in an hour and a half piece of garbage. So you're saying it's not good? It's not good. No. <laughs> you not would good. not. I did. I still one. enjoy but, Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. If, no, if you look at most vampire movies, if they're done right, Lost Boys, Fright Night, like. They're all getting gay. There's a lot of gay. I've always felt a gay undertone to most of the vampire movies. If, I, it's, if it's proper, like like for you to not think a vampire's gay would be you thinking that James Bond never sucked a dick <laughs> to get some information. Oh dear. Sir, this is a bridge too far. <laughs> listen, listen here. Listen here. Do you have any information for me? So, uh, Maybe I'll get a little shucky shucky. I was gonna go. I was gonna say. Uh, so while we were talking about Near Dark, I will say Near Dark is really good '80s film. I love it, but it still can't touch Lost Boys or Fright oh, Night. Man, I don't know. But it if was. we're gonna talk about realism and vampires, <laughs> I think a movie that was left off the list last time was Martin, which is George Romero. Did you mention that? I don't remember. You guys I don't think we did. It. I, I had it because I had I hadn't seen it at that. Point. And we're not talking about Martin Lawrence. Hey Gina, uh, you go girl. <laughs> Uh, but to me, Martin, uh, I had never seen Martin until a few years ago. Martin's disturbing. Yeah. Very disturbing. Martin's really good. Um, I had an idea, but you got carried away and that's okay. Oh, we're just, um, showing the vampire as gross, yeah. you know, as you talked about with Bram Stoker's Dracula, but. Uh, 
for as gay as Interview with the Vampire was, as you were talking about there, Todd, it also, and, and as romantic as it is, there's some pretty nasty parts of that too, where they're like low down, surviving on rats, you know. Like, That's true. I just meant more literal. <clears throat> like when you see the, the nasty, like, devil face, looks like a rodent on Dracula and yeah. Coppola's. It's like people frequently haven't ventured into it. You're right. They're basically Because Cruz is almost a corpse at one point in that yeah. movie, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and to that point, I wanted to bring up one that we hadn't talked about last time because now it's been made into a TV show. But, but all of you know that uh, Preacher, uh, the comic book by Garth Ennis, is my favorite comics of all time, right? It's my favorite comic yes. series. And so it's been made into a TV show on AMC, which is okay. It's not terrible. I can't it's, get into it. I did one season. I haven't watched it. Yeah, not my favorite, but it's it's got some good stuff. But it, it portrays Cassidy, Jesse Custer's uh, friend who's a vampire. And um, they portray some of the darker side of what it's like to be a vampire. You know, like, because Cassidy is also a junkie on drugs. Mm-hmm. And Cassidy also will throw anybody under the bus for survival in some instances. So um, I'm, I'm glad that it's out now so that we could bring it up for this podcast. But uh, I do like, while the, the show has plenty of its own flaws, I do like the portrayal of Cassidy. That's fair. As the vampire who's just been busting and surviving for a hundred years. Yeah. That to me, that is the most interesting part that you can go with with a vampire is what does it really mean? to be a person who has become immortal, but with this addiction, this curse to stay alive, what does that do to you? I find that to be a very interesting part of the vampire mythos. So I had another one that I don't think was mentioned last time, but John Landis's innocent blood. Never never heard seen of that one. I've definitely mentioned that before in here. Vampires meets gangsters. Hmm. But John Landis. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's got kind of a weird, yeah, comedic. I like the sound of it. Yeah, I love John Landis. Um, I remember seeing that in the theater, like, and it's very uh, a lot of sex and spaghetti and vampires. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sold. It's not the strongest film, but it's worth watching. It's never talked. About it's not American Werewolf, but and it, I think that's that could have hurt it a little bit. Is they definitely sold this as? I think one of the taglines was something about. Landis and werewolves. And now you got Landis and vampires. Right. Yeah, um, and it was it was it's not got a good cast. Yeah, you know, great of... cast. It's worth watching. Um, always enjoyed the movie, but it's not American Werewolf at all. True. Sure. <laughs> Has anybody seen uh, Let the Right One In? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which one is? I have not. That's seen the original. Let I haven't the seen right the original. I've seen the American remake, which is called okay. Let Me. Uh, let the right one in. I, a guy at work who you wouldn't have expected uh, said, have you seen this movie? I said, oh, he said, check it out. And he gave me a burnt copy of it years ago. And I watched it, and it was so different from what I expect when a, when a vampire movie comes my way. It was such a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. It's chilling. Yeah, it's... If you haven't, I now I don't want to go into it because I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, if you don't mind reading subtitles, or you know, if that doesn't bother you, it's a very good non-American. Right. Film. You, I'm a firm believer: seen, five minutes in anything in, in a movie, and you're in. I agree. I agree. Have you seen the the remake? 
I I don't believe I've never so. Seen so I watched the remake and and I like the remake, but I have heard that the original blows the remake out of the water. That there's so much that they water I, down with what is in the original. So there's Swedish some of the content film, that I find it probably, hard to believe that that translated into an American. And there's not a lot of Swedish film that I have seen. Like right. That, that's not something that comes up often, at least not when I'm viewing movies. So it's, sometimes it's – I'm not a connoisseur of foreign film by any stretch of the imagination. But sometimes it's nice to step out of American filmmaking and see what is happening in other countries because we're People not the only ones doing it. People who aren't beholden to Hollywood. Yeah, we're not the only ones doing it. Yeah. And to see another take and the way film is made – Every once in a while, I think you need to treat yourself to that or open your mind to it. And most of the time, you'll be pleasantly surprised. So I think another one that might have been left off was Life Force, Toby Hooper. Who? Yeah. Toby. Um, Thank you for churching that up for me. Uh, I, we definitely didn't cover I, I, I had never seen this movie until uh, Scream, Scream Factory released it. It's a vampire space movie. Yeah, if you think Matilda May looks good <laughs> naked... Watch this movie because it's basically the entire movie. It's a wild one. It, there's a lot of uh, good stuff in it, though. So, so I will say there's there's an image of like one of the she's a space vampire. One of the yeah, one of the vampires like loses like it's like life force and it shrinks down. This is an image I used to see on Fango as a kid, and I never knew what movie it was from because it pretty terrifying it's uh it's pretty overlooked in regards to his movies but there's a lot of cool stuff in it yeah because she basically like, storms earth i feel like it was an early take of species but with she was a yeah. alien vampire yeah it's worth a watch certainly um also i think missing from the list was a uh, david bowie's the hunger never seen that one yeah. oh no i got all these on my original list but we may not have hit them yeah, the hungers. That's uh, steamy. <laughs> Susan Sarandon, <clears throat> David Bowie, and is it kind of gay? Was there another another star in there? Is it? Uh, was it uh, Susan Sarandon, David Bowie, and Death Becomes Her? What's her name? Uh, Goldie Hawn. I don't know. She has a little fancy name. She's like a like a model actress. Anyways, it's uh, <laughs> there. There's some cool singer songwriter. Choro? Yes. <laughs> um, can I say... Ding, 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 ding. I think you guys brought it up, and this is weird to say because I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. I hate the movie Vampires. But the straight-to-video sequels, and this is sad, <laughs> although the straight-to-video sequels, one with Bon Jovi and the other one was like oh. in Japan, those were stronger than the John Carpenter oh, no. film. Oh, uh, I know we mentioned we it because I shared the story about getting yelled at when I was a projectionist for falling asleep watching vampires. Never seen it. It's I've not seen very good. it, but it's been so long ago that I don't remember a thing about it. Other than it's got what's that boy with the big head, James Woods? Is that yeah, his name? James Stephen Woods. Baldwin, I think, was in it. Oh, no, well, you know it's a blockbuster. Hey, here's what's sad: is Carpenter's favorite genre is westerns. Yeah, this was, and this could have been something, but I think this is the era where he's just like. They were still like throwing money at him, and he would just be like, "All right, fuck." This it. is certainly at the tail end of uh, Carpenter's career. In movies. Bu, 
TT. So straight. I, I have it on my list. I've, I've never. It's always Blah. been on my, my must watch list. I still have never seen it. Must see TV. Yes, but Chronos, 1993, Del Toro. Yeah. Has I've anyone ever? That. No. Ever I know that's. Like it's always talked about. And you I, said Del Toro though, and I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah it's. I feel like it's a. I need to watch this movie already, and I I didn't get to check it out for this. Um. And we were talking earlier about realism, but Vampire's Kiss with Nicolas Cage. If you've never seen he this movie, unhinged he, in that movie. He, for real, they put, a cockro- that, they put a cockroach on the stove. This is what it's most famous for. They put a live cockroach out. Nick Cage picks up the, the real cockroach and bites its head off for real, eats it. That's the best thing about this movie. Believe it or not, it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah. But he is nuts in it. Like. So he's he's actually just. Did not you guys acting. just do this so we could segue into Once Bitten? <laughs> I was going to say, I know Todd I have, loves. I once have bitten. Once Bitten oh, on my list. I do too. <laughs> so uh, I never saw it until after the success of the first season or two of In Living Color, maybe even Ace Ventura, and then all of a sudden it starts showing up on Saturday afternoon movies yeah. on your local station, and that's where I ended up seeing it. So I, I would say I always liked Once Bitten and I always liked Love at First Bite, which were both kind of silly vampire takes. Um, obviously, they don't stick too much with me to where I can talk much about them. So um, another 80s movie that I remember the box art, I never watched it until a couple years ago, was Vamp with Grace Jones. Mm. Whew, she's beautiful. I really... Have, have you guys seen this Scott, one? Uh, Robert uh, Russler? Russler, yeah. Nope. Um, were they... I can't remember why they went down to this like low key strip club, like bachelor party or frat party, but they're both kind of like, um, they're both kind of like little yuppie college guys and they go down to the strip club and it has real vampires in it and it's got weird action. It's got comedy. It's a horror movie. And then Grace Jones is a vampire. Um, Actually, very enjoyable. I don't know why I never watched it. Probably because I was a little kid, and it's weirdly, like, overtly sexual. And could be a reason. Or maybe uh, that's again, why play, I plugs it. into vampires everywhere you turn. So, uh, <laughs> Professor is laughing because I made a picture of him from uh, <laughs> Salem's <laughs> Lot. From Salem's Lot, because I always said after watching Salem's <laughs> Lot, I would have nightmares of Professor floating outside my window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as like the little kid did. <laughs> so, I think you have to. Mention, I think you have to mention the Blade movies. We're in the era of superhero now, but back then, a comic book property they did, were dead. They did not equal box office, yeah. uh, and this was Marvel's first real success <laughs> on the big screen with one of their properties. And I'll be really bold here. I really liked one. I really liked two, and I liked three. I'm not even going to undersell three. I like three. Three's I have the worst never seen th- any of them. Really? Oh, oh my God. God. I'll fix Say it. it I'll fix it. Three, three is the worst. Give yourself. Give yourself. <laughs> three's the worst of the series, but like we just talked about in another episode with Insidious, it's a strong series. Yeah. So I think it drops drastically by three. But it's it's still watch- like it's Ryan still Reynolds. watchable. No, I, I I'm I've softened up on Ryan Reynolds oh, over good. years. It's he's, funny. He's, uh, he's not the problem. I was waiting until Blade got brought up, but the Daybreaker plot was the plot of three, and they were like, "Fuck you, Wesley Snipes," <laughs> because he wanted it to be in the future. Vampires have taken over, and they're like, "We can't do that." Like, no one wants to see that movie. Yeah. Now, hasn't a fourth one been made? Uh, there was a TV series 
that did not have Wesley talking. Snipes. I'm going to look it up. Uh, uh, you're thinking of the TV Will series. Farrell and John Hedder. <laughs> yeah, Blades, Blades of Glory. Blade. <laughs> uh, Blade, Blade, I think, definitely deserves its place in what defined vampires for a decade as well. So house music. I think that, well, the opening scene, yeah. Tracy Lords. Yep. Uh, I just Clubbing. remember being an usher when that was in the theater. And just being like, there's a lot of techno music. In well, there. I think that Blade was your first action vampire movie, really. Like, uh, and then I think Underworld took that formula and was like, okay, let's do that, but let's do vampires and or do werewolves in here too. So the, I think they're very similar in their action style. So I know they made a Tim Burton movie, but does anybody remember when Dark Shadows actually aired? I don't have any recollection. None of us were of alive when Dark Shadows actually aired. What? It's aired so many. T- it's aired the seventies, the eighties. Uh, none of the stations. I think it's like original, like seventies. None of the maybe? stations that were around me ever reran it. I feel like I probably saw some of the reruns, uh, but I remember some of the episodes, and they came out with like a massive box set where it's like a thousand something. There's episodes. a lot of episodes. There's that coffin box set sits yeah. at Dave's video right now. Ooh. Yeah. What's the price? Because uh, it used to run $500. Not terrible, because Dave's is very reasonable. Uh, you know what? I was wrong. Dark Shadows started in 1966. so That's way before all of us were alive. Way <laughs> before all of us. But, wait, but it, was, it was a different take as but, far as I understand. It was done like a soap opera. Yeah, it was a yes. soap opera. Yeah. Which, which that's... 1,248 episodes. Wow. Lord five have mercy. In five years... And they did because it was a daily. It was the soap. Yeah, they, they did too. Uh, wow. a, doc- a documentary just came out on Dan Curtis with like Dark Shadows. See, I'm far more seen. interested, even though I have not seen it. I'm far more interested in the in the story of it than the actual episodes. And I saw the Tim Burton version of it, and that was the one for like the third or fourth time in a row. I was like, I think Johnny Depp and Tim Burton need a break from each other. I enjoy Dark Shadows. You know, I'll be real. But it wasn't the best. I I am in the same mind as you on this one, Vinny. But uh, Carrie is a big fan of Dark Shadows, and I watched it with her. And I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was great, but I didn't think it was terrible. They lose me with that line with the werewolf girl. But they bring me back when they say Alice Cooper. And the, like, She's no, hideous. The Alice Cooper stuff was funny <laughs> yeah. as shit. Like, that is probably, to me, the best part so of it. So, I'm that. a huge... I love Tim Burton. It is not as strong as... But no. it's okay. No. Which, for Tim Burton, is a letdown. Because Tim Burton's better than okay. Yeah, and it's, so is Johnny Depp, for the most part. It's no big fish. So, 30 yeah, Days that's of Night got brought up on the last one. Has anyone watched the sequel since you guys... I own it. The sequel to what? to what? 30 Days of Night. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I, so, I, was, I, was, I thought 30 Days of Night. 30 Days of Night, I did not go see in the theater. I remember going, like, my niece. I wish time, I would have. My niece at the time, I went uh, to hang out with her boyfriend while she was at work. They had no heat in their house. And we put this movie on, which is winter yeah, oh, yeah. in Alaska. So it made it colder. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. Um, I think it's hard to interject new facets to a vampire movie because it's the the lore has been around for so long and a lot of people don't take a lot of chance on the lore because it can turn an audience off because it's not what they already know but i thought it was a very novel concept to have it in alaska where it's dark 
for 30 days at a time. And, yeah. I, and it never crossed my mind. I thought it was a clever thing to do, and it added a, a, a new spin to a vampire movie, and I thought it was done really well. I will say it's great, and the sequel does, is not as good. It's straight to video, but for a direct-to-video sequel, it wasn't bad at all. Um, so I would say it's worth checking out as well. Because it's more about them taking the fight to the vampires, right? Like, this follows, like, vampire hunters. Yeah, and it picks up right where the... I'm pretty sure it picks up right where the first one ends. So, And I, I feel like we should mention also movies like Mark of the Vampire and things like that where a vampire is a very cheap thing to do in a movie. Mm-hmm. So back in your 40s to 50s, there's a slew of shit out there that's not good. Most of it is not good. But a vampire is a cheap thing to have as your bad guy, and it, mostly it's that gothic version of it. But I think we should mention those lesser films and things that Bella. Oh, sure, and we covered a lot. Lugosi was in the the meat and potatoes. I think of older horror films back in the first one. But I mean, it's not possible. It's more about you know you guys covering whatever you want, and then we'll chime in with some. Yeah, but I'm just saying I think we should mention it while sure. we're talking about it because it's easy for us to to remember. You go from remembering Bela Lugosi as Dracula to then we're talking about things from the late '70s, early '80s. Like, it, right. you know what I mean? And I think we should at least mention there was plenty of stuff in between there too. Well, I'm just not as familiar. Before, with. But another interesting thing with Mark of the Vampire is that is London After Midnight, the very lost film. the lost it's the same director it's the same script it's the same movie just with some different appearances mm. it's literally the same thing and so if you've ever you see the stills of of lon cheney senior with the eyes and the big teeth the top hat yeah and, the teeth, and you think damn that sucks that movie's lost i'd like to see it you can watch mark of the vampire it's it's identical which is not as easy to get a hold of like if you're just trying to rent it yeah it is not it's very easy a, to get a hold of. Uh, Carol Borland, she's awesome as his uh, kind of zombified female counterpart that's with him. And there's some interesting twists with it, but that's a cool older one. What what am I doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> your your levels just dropped because you were looking at Vinny and talking to him. And gotcha. Like, looking okay. to the mic. Gotcha. I was gonna, sorry, folks. Technical difficulty there. I did have a while we're talking about older films. I believe these are are Hammer or Hammerish, but um, Vampire Lovers. Which I'd watched for the first time when Scream put it out. So it's funny to go uh, think of the 70s and they were doing all the Dracula films with uh, Christopher Lee. And then this is basically like a uh, softcore lesbian film. Uh, so that was a big thing. You got me interested now. Keep there, going. there was a big era. Do you of, want me to talk slower? <laughs> of vampire lesbian films. Like uh, I think Gene Rowland, is that who it was? Mm-hmm. Wilson did a whole lot of them. Um, so yeah, that was like a genre. So they're vampire lovers. I think the same time period was uh, Twins of Evil. Yeah, and um, Countess Dracula. Countess Dracula and Vampire Lovers both have Ingrid Pitt, who you would know from The Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. Those movies are awesome. <laughs> like, and not in a creepy way. Like they're wild. You're like, I pause that movie yeah. so many times. <laughs> I'm being dead serious on this. Have any of you guys seen the Blackula movies? Mm-hmm. I had I didn't want to talk about it because I thought we'd save it for Dracula. Well, I, we won't go too deep into it, but I'll say this: I, we mention it, but I'll say this: I think that two is a better film than one. I agree. Well, it has Pam Grier in it. I've only seen one. Two is better than the first. They one. are they have much more credibility to them than you would ever be led yep. to believe oh, by yeah. the titles. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 
there's a lot of genuine effort and care put into it. Um, and so, and some pretty memorable moments and you think, Oh wow, not what I thought I was mm-hmm. going to see here, Yep, which is cool though. Yep. Yeah. Cause I remember watching the first one and being like, Oh yeah, this is going to be a fun, silly one. Not really. No, yeah. no, nope. not at all. So uh, one, one actually, I've seen the trailer. I've never seen the film, but again, kind of going off of the hammer films, but fearless vampire killers. Um, Roman Polanski and I, yeah, I was going to say I was trying to think of the director of that, but yeah, Polanski, was Sharon Tate. Good oh, times. Uh, obviously pre uh, Charlie Manson, but yes, that is correct. <laughs> Sharon Tate did not have any movies post Charlie Manson. We, we will not be arguing timeline on this one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so I know that you guys talked about the first film, but Vinny and I were absent, but from Dust Till Dawn. Mm. And I will share this. Like, I. Did you guys see it in the theater? You guys never mentioned. I saw it opening weekend. So I saw it opening weekend. I took my dad. Man, I was a might fang- have been in the same exactly. I was a Fango kid, so I already knew exactly what this movie was. But they marketed it as an action movie. If you don't remember, well, they also marketed it as a Quentin Tarantino movie. And yeah, Rodriguez, so, so like Desperado, Pulp Fiction, like all these yeah. movies were the coolest shit in the world. Yes. Yeah. So now, granted, my my dad opening weekend he wants a cartoon or a horror p- picture. So we go see this movie because I know he's gonna like it, and he keeps like I just kept my mouth shut because he's like, "Why are we? Why are we in this movie? Why are we in this movie?" And then he's starting enjoying it, and I can hear him laughing at some of the stuff, and they do some of the outlandish, like pretty violent things, and he's just like, "Damn!" And then the Selma Hayek scene comes on. He had no idea that it's a vampire movie. Bang, bang, bang. And when that when that happened, my dad was like, "All right, I see why you brought me," but like his reaction. Because if you didn't know, you thought this is like a weird serial killer action movie. Oh, no, it's a vampire film. As I said on the previous episode, uh, first 45 minutes, crime thriller. Last 45 minutes, grindhouse vampire movie. I remember, I can't remember if I saw it in the theater, if I saw it on home video. But I remember being advertised Quentin Tarantino movie. And at Mm. this point, I had had like... Reservoir Dogs. I had had Pulp Fiction. Uh, so I see this movie. Wasn't it Tarantino? And then they really pushed George Clooney. So like for the fans of ER. Yeah. For the fans of Er. So at, I remember watching it first and be like, okay, this is different. And it doesn't. It definitely didn't have the feel of a Quentin Tarantino movie. You know what I mean? Uh, so I knew then I was like, okay, so it's not. He's just in it. But anyway, ended up. It's so much fun. Oh, like, it's so yeah. much fun. Like, it, it's like over-the-top <laughs> violence. And Salma Hayek, super hot in this movie. Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin's <laughs> in it. Uh, Mr. Nice Guy himself, Tom Savini, Ugh. is in there. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to say, uh, I've ventured to meet Tom Savini on three different occasions at conventions. And he's been a dickhead every time. And people say, oh, he's just kind of awkward. I'm saying it now. He's a dick. He's shy. He's a dick. Yeah, he's kind of an ass. Uh, (laughs) It holds up. I mean, it just holds up. It's just as awesome today as when you saw it as a teenager. Like, it's still that much fun. Have have you guys seen the sequels? No. No. Two is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Has that got Bruce Campbell in it? I think so. 
Is that like uh, Texas Blood Money or Would something? Would you rather watch that or My Name is Bruce? My Name is Bruce. <laughs> hey, yeah. that's a victory. All there right. you go, Abner. I'll take it. But three is, like, three is a prequel, and it's three is actually redeemable. Well, but, and there was a television series as well, right? I, I heard that there's two seasons, three seasons. I watched the first few episodes of it. Wasn't on like El Muno. It's a. Uh, it was on uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez's network, El Rey. El Rey. Okay, yeah, sure. That one. Say El Nino. <laughs> El Nino is Spanish for the Nino. The Nino. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I don't know how much you touched on it because I tried listening to the older one earlier, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Good show. So I will. The, it's almost a movie I wish they would remake because I know Josh Whedon's script wasn't like what they put in the film. Joss. Did I not say that? They said Josh. I said Josh, but thank Josh. you for correcting me. I heard Josh, but go ahead. Well, why don't you pour me another glass? <laughs> Here we go. Every time Tom gets drunk, it's grizzlies. Listeners, I have diabetes, and they're forcing drinks down me. <laughs> but All will for so I will say the TV show was more of a serious take. I love the TV show. There's so many cool things about the movie, like uh, Paul Rubens yes. is great. Rucker Hauer is great. Yes. Um, I just rewatched it. It's not as good as I remembered it being. I watched it right after it's Victoria got, died. It's a who's who though. Is like yeah. David Arquette, Donald Sutherland, Luke Perry, uh, R.I.P. from uh, Halloween Four, Sasha Jensen, mm-hmm. Baron Cohen. It was not in that movie. Uh, yeah, I was like Buffy. I thought the TV show was a lot better. I've never, I've seen pieces of the television show. I never watched it. Uh, I remember seeing the movie in the theater, and I liked it. Like it was a lot of fun. And uh, again, plus I had Paul Rubens, and I'm a huge Pee Wee Herman I love, fan. I feel like this is the first movie that gave him a chance to. After and, and, yeah. this was big scandal. That this if, was the drought. If his yeah. scandal happened today, people would be like, "Who cares?" I remember my mom as a kid. Like a lot of other people's parents were. <laughs> you should probably say what my mom said. We're hiding it from them. What had happened with quote Pee Wee, and I remember my mom saying, "It's not like he was touching somebody else. Who cares?" That my mom was said. It. My mom said he was jerking off. Who gives a shit? Yeah, this is yeah. big adventure. Uh, this man went to a theater, an adult movie theater. Did what people do in an adult movie theater? <laughs> what do you think people do in a porno theater? Right. And it wasn't like he was wearing the fucking pee wee suit when he went. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's like the thing, it's not like he was squeezing one off at Airbud. Like he's where he's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> I've done worse than the Fast and Furious. So and even so as, even as young as I was, it was nice to see Paul Rubens on the screen again. Because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm just a fan. I'm a fan of Paul Rubens. Yeah. Uh, the death scene, death scene's great. <laughs> oh man, like, we can do anything you do. Okay, yeah, clap. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a fun movie. Yeah, it's weird that that comes up in the same night as we record another podcast. With Christy Swanson. It's not yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But uh, is it? Ooh, it's or did a... I plan it all? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show. Uh, I won't. My, my wife is a fanatic about it. She loves the show. I love the TV show. I like it. The show's I mean, good. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 as fun as like Supernatural. Yeah. You know? And as far as like the freak of the week type stuff goes, yeah. So a movie that someone would not shut up about and like tried to force upon 
me like the plague, which probably kept me away from it. And then I finally watched it and I really liked it. And we discussed it earlier on a podcast, but what we do in the shadows. Man, that's Which, a good movie. Hilarious. After I watched it, I was sad that I didn't watch it sooner. And I will say, uh, TV show has just started. I watched the first episode, and I'm already liking it. I watched the first three. And, uh, again, <laughs> I, I was kind of put off of that it wasn't this. It wasn't going to have Jermaine Clement and shit like that. It's new characters. But he's writing it uh, along with other guys from it it's a it's hilarious it's a good show the fact that it's new characters but we talked in the car right over our at least my favorite vampire is there's a vampire that's a uh he's a psychic he's a psychic vampire and he's just a normal dude that lives with him but he goes to work every day it's a real bummer and drains everybody of their psychic energy but he's like that's like a version (laughs) of vampire that's out there and he's one of the flatmates so fun so in the first in the first episode they uh they get virgins to celebrate uh, one of the older vampires coming, and there's a uh, there's a there's a scene where they uh, they go into the room to feast on the virgins, and the psychic vampire is already in there draining them of all their energy <laughs> by <laughs> talking to them. And so they they ruin the fact that they had virgins to feed upon. <laughs> so good. Invite us in. No, no, no. Invite us in. <laughs> All right, so one that I liked, you guys probably hated, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Still haven't seen it. I, indifferent. Like, it was entertaining. I liked the mockbuster Abraham Lincoln uh, zombie killer What was better, honestly, I thought. I enjoyed Vampire Are you dead Hunter. dead serious right now? I'm being dead serious oh, wow. right now. There's like a mockbuster that came out right after it. It's Abraham Lincoln with zombies, and I actually enjoyed that one more. Would you say you liked it more than Deadly Friend? <laughs> I'd actually put them on the same level there, but I, like I mean, it's not like you're going into it for a serious, scary. I like the way you're going in for we keep going bananas, shit. I kid, I kid. What about Little Vampire? Little Vampire. <laughs> the human, the, the, the human head weighs seven pounds. Oh my God, I, I forgot all about that. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go to bed. <laughs> So I, I've never seen it. It's it's always on people's lists, so I thought I would mention it, but only lovers left alive. <laughs> you were saying little vampires on everybody's <laughs> list. Little vampires. So that's actually the film that Paul Rubens was beating it to. How dare you? Thanks for listening, guys. How dare you? Good night. I'm sorry, Paul Rubens. He's the psychic vampire. No, but we all know one. So has anyone seen Only Lovers Left Alive? Negative heard of it never seen it. i just thought it was mentioning i was hoping one of us had seen it because it, it is mentioned it came out 2013 so for those that loved it there you go it was mentioned neat thanks um okay we touched on it twice but never really talked about it but so uh omega man last man on earth which is all part of i am legend so i am legend with will smith not a Will Smith fan, but I did watch this movie, uh, and honestly, not being a Will Smith fan, he is not what bothered me about this movie. What bothered me about this movie was really bad CGI. Took yeah. me totally out of it. That one has... They botched the uh, ending, I liked it too. a lot more when I initially saw it than I do today. They botched the ending, yeah. big time. I love the Vincent Price Last Man on Earth, though. I that do like that grim. one. That's a, that's a uh, public domain movie as well. Which is insane to me. But that one's really good. I have seen the Charlton Heston version. I've never seen uh, it. Of course, it's a different thing. And you know what you're getting when you're getting Charlton Heston. Like, he's great at a certain thing. 
right. and if you don't like that thing, you're not going to enjoy it. Uh, but the the creatures, the design is bothersome in that movie. Like that kind of takes you out to uh, that one too. So I think I touched on a little bit of the last podcast, but not mentioned enough is the subspecies franchise, which there's there's four films, at least one spinoff, and then they're making a fifth film. Uh, I don't remember too much after part, probably part two, but I remember one and two being pretty strong films. I've only watched the first one. I've only seen the first one. You just made Vinny sick. He left. He's so upset right now. Yes. I would say uh, for full moon movies, I know Puppet Master's always like the, the top. Yeah, subspecies is worth. But I think I think subspecies is definitely franchise. a good uh, a so good franchise. Great. Maybe uh, maybe we'll eventually vit- visit the the franchise. Uh, left off the list before was Stephen King's Night Flyer. Yes, I love that movie. Yeah, I've never seen that one. Oh, it's so good. I always want to pick it for a mash, but it's not easy to watch. So that's the only I was reason say, I don't. It's one that I've actually been seeking out because I've been. I've got the DVD seeking it, out some Stephen King films, but yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of hard to get now it's awesome it's basically uh this vampire is using a plane yeah to fly around and do it and you've got a guy investigating and trying to solve it catch him after the homicides that are particularly gruesome left over from uh, his victims and he's like a scary ass looking yes. vampire thing the right? creature design's cool yes it's a cool it, it came out of uh nightmares and dreamscapes short story okay that's a cool little uh it's HBO films, like a string of their other movies that you can't get. That it, they haven't it was out. it was ninety seven, like late late nineties, ninety six, yeah. ninety seven, somewhere in there. Um, so another film I, I never really hear it mentioned much is there's uh, To Die For, which had two films. Uh, the first one came out in eighty eight. Amanda Weiss Swiss always kind of butcher her name. Sorry. Actually, I talked to her about this movie, and she's like, no one ever talks to me about these movies um but it was kind of like a more like late 80s modern it's a weird love triangle between two vampires and uh and amanda's character um and part two i don't remember a lot about except for that picks up right where the first one ends and then just goes right into it but to die for is definitely worth checking out if you've never seen it cool it's another movie i think that's kind of disappeared um but i see it occasionally on like the bootleg tables uh, I was going to mention Priest. Mm, uh, it was bad. I watched it once and it didn't stick with me. So it was bad. So the priest says it's bad. We'll just move on. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, another one that like uh, I feel like I saw more about this movie. Oh wait, I'm thinking of Legion. Yeah, there's Legion and Priest. Same actor though, right? Paul Bettany is pretty much. Film? Yeah. All right. No, I have the albino it. from uh, from, uh, from Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Or Angels and the Da Vinci. Yeah. Was that all you had to add to it? Yeah. Okay, we'll move on. Thanks. So, <laughs> I don't know how much vampire is just weird Irish lore, but Layer of the White Worm? I remember uh, when the movie Waxworks came out. This yeah, is another is, uh, movie that came out at the same time. Fango, movie. huge coverage. But then, like, none of the video stores, nowhere near carried this. Hugh Grant, it's like one of his earlier films. It's got some crazy music written. Bram Stoker, it's based off... It's uh, Russell that did The Devils, Ken I think. Russell? Yeah, I think he directed Westbrook. it. Um, yeah, but it's it's a vampire movie, but like a weird snake. I don't know. It's bizarre. Fun for St. Patrick's Day, I guess, if you don't want to watch the Leprechaun movies or Darby O'Gill. Yeah. Um, Rocky Love. 
which I guess we could have brought up on Dracula. So that has uh, Dean Cameron from Summer School. And, and Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thank you very much. And Kevin Hart. Um, Vampire's Assistant. Oh, that's... Uh, the Cirque Freak. Yeah, that series. wasn't bad. I enjoyed that one. It really wasn't bad. I kind of feel like, though, it's one that... You're talking about. It's a book series. It definitely should have had a sequel, and for some reason... I feel like certain movies are like... I know. I've heard the title. It's... Uh, um, is it John C. Riley? John C. Riley and... Uh, is, is Jesse it, Eisenberg, maybe? Or is it Jay Baruchel? Go ahead. Keep going. Jay Baruchel was the uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, that's right. My bad. Oh, shit. You get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting on Todd to quit farming up all these deep cuts. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I'm waiting for you guys to jump in on what you guys want to talk about. So I had uh, for well, the Dracula. We're, we're out of time. So. <laughs> so I think a good one to end on. I was going to talk about on Dracula, but there's two billion Dracula movies. Is Vampire in Brooklyn, which was discussed in the last one. I actually enjoy this movie. Eddie Murphy, Wes Craven. Unfortunately, the hangup is the studio messed both guys' plan over. So Eddie Murphy wanted to do a horror film with Wes Craven. The studios were like, no, you got to do comedy only. And then Wes Craven was just straight up wanting to do a comedy. So it's not the most perfect movie, but it's definitely worth watching. It's a different take on Dracula. It's not the best work by Wes Craven or Eddie Murphy, but it's not the worst by far of either of their works. Nah. Yeah. I think it's definitely no, worth checking it. out. No. Oh. No Bowfinger. Oh. Yeah. Bowfinger is mm. not the worst. It's no daddy daycare. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word. I would, you hit the nail with Norbit. All right. Vinny, now yeah. that Todd has listed every vampire film ever made. I still have three <laughs> of <laughs> your titles. Oh, shit. <laughs> Do you have anything to add? Uh, What's your take on vampire homoeroticism? Uh, I just that like I brought up, it's always vampires have always seemed inherently gay in most of their portrayals. Why are you homophobic? <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's a connection between vampire films and wrestling. Go. <laughs> well, there was some vampire gimmicks in the WWF. There was there have been during yeah. the Attitude Era. Yep, that is true. What was Ed. old boy's name? Uh, Gangrel. Yeah. Who. Ed went on to, I think, direct low-budget porn. Did you say his wrestling name was Gangrene? <laughs> Gangrel. <laughs> Edge yeah. Christian. Edge Christian. The Brood, Gangrel, right? That was what yeah. they were called. What were their Christian yeah. names? <laughs> Gangrel. Uh, Viscera. Was there Vampiro at Probably. one point? Yeah, so there's, there's, there ain't no gimmick out there that wrestling hadn't tried to make there money off of. There was a vampire undead gimmick in, in yep, the attitude for a while. Era, for a while. For a while. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think that uh, not being a guy who's an enormous fan of vampires, I like him well enough. Depends on the take, honestly. Uh, I think I've probably spouted off most of them that I'm aware of or yeah. fond of. The ones that I feel really need mention. Say the ones you can really sink your teeth into. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, in this thing. Less Put a bullet in it like old Yeller. <laughs> so since we're, I, I was going to say, since we're ending, why don't we say what our strongest vampire films are? Great. That's a good idea because that's what I was going to do. Um, because, I'm sorry to steal your thunder. <laughs> so that that's I, I revisit my idea from Are the you last biting your series. Beard? I'm trying to. I revisit the idea from the last episode in that like 
when you're like, oh, do you like vampire movies? My answer is usually always no. But then when I think of some of my favorite horror movies, a lot of them are vampire movies. And so 30 Days of Night, Near Dark, Fright Night, Lost Boys. I mean, these are all films that rank pretty high for me. Sure. That are just really solid. What we do in the shadows. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, there are a lot of vampire movies that I really like. Salem's Lot. I mean, these things rank, you know, I mean. Something about, something about vampires I don't identify with. I it's not that they're, I dislike the lore, because I do think some of there's just something that's not as attractive to me as the werewolf. I've always liked the beast within the man. And while you tap beast. into that a little bit with vampires, most vampire portrayals on the big screen have been, they're, they're a more refined, civilized type of dark, fell creature. Where a werewolf was just beast unleashed. <laughs> the werewolf's a hillbilly. Yeah. So so anyway, I think that's because you're right. There's so much vampire out there that I absolutely like that are essential parts of of uh, cinema that was a big part of my life growing up. Uh, but I just they when I say I'm just more of a werewolf guy because that appeals to me on some certain level. There's plenty of vampire stuff that I really enjoy. You know what's funny is if you put them side by side because I also am a werewolf guy. You put them side by side. There might be more. Oh, there's probably more vampires that I yeah. like than. Oh, guaranteed. You guys don't like the howling, <laughs> which is we are not weird. starting this. <laughs> the tonight. two, the two hillbillies hate the hillbilly werewolf. Movie. We are not starting this here or now. This is just not happening. So, uh, yeah. professor, uh, what just strongest vampire films? Yeah, Salem's Lot by far is the scariest to me. Uh, the Lost Boys. Is right up there for rewatchability, and that's grown even more since we did the first go around at this. I find myself wanting to watch that more than Fright Night or Near Dark and turn wow. my arms to it's up there. Eighties uh, sheer entertainment vampire movies, but Salem's Lot's the scariest. Uh, I think the most underrated is Frank Langella's Dracula from nineteen seventy nine. If you've never seen it, watch it. It has a great cast, Donald Pleasance, uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier, John Williams did the score. It's got great scenes with him scaling down the wall. It's a cool little movie, um, and it's always forgotten about. It's always referred to as Disco Dracula because he had the big hair, but it's a good movie. Um, And then one I wanted to mention that I'd watched for the first time since we recorded before um, is Daughters of Darkness. I'd never heard of this until recently and watched it, and it was excellent. It deals more uh, with... Bathory, and it was filmed in, um, I think it's a Belgian film, but it's uh, very uh, lesbian driven with a newlywed uh, couple at a hotel, and we just have uh, the two women that show up, and them trying to basically interweave and pull the couple apart, and it's very isolated, and it's not uh, overly sexual, but it's still very erotic. Hmm. But it's uh, it's got some some pretty chilling moments. It's a very, and I don't mean this in the sense of like pornographic, but it's in a very adult vampire film. Uh, they're not going on the usual cheap thrills of it. But it's an effective little movie. I think it's from 1971. That was one I wanted to mention that was kind of newly on my radar that is I thought some people might enjoy checking out. Is that a recent Scream Factory release? 
No. No. I think Blue Underground put it out Maybe. a couple years I ago. I feel like somebody just put it out because I've seen it pop up. Barbara Crampton was recently pushing it. Okay. So I saw her putting up things it's, about it. It's one, I, it's one I wasn't familiar with, but I, I do know the titles like recently popped up somewhere. Yeah. So worth a, worth a view. The rest of it, we've covered ad nauseum. Yeah. I don't have anything fresh to add to any of that. <laughs> we'll like, check back the, with you. You need to watch Salem's Lot. I'll yes. Yes, for sure. Uh, so I would say for me, Salem's Lot's definitely strong. Lost Boys, Fright Night. Um, I know that we didn't talk about Dracula, but I think Bram Stoker's Dracula was, to me, um, I don't know. For me, that, that was like one of the coolest Dracula movies I had seen. Um, I remember going to see it in the theater, and I went to see everything. And they made such a huge deal that I had to have a parent with me. So I'm like, well, this is going to be cool as shit. Right. I'm still not sure why. My dad had to watch me watch lesbians lick all over Keanu Reeves, but something I'd like to watch by myself. Uh, I don't know. Those to me were strong. And then one of my favorite movies is always the monster squad, which I left off just because it's Dracula. And I felt like that would fit more under the Dracula list. Certainly. Right on. Well, revisiting the vampires, a good time. Uh, always <laughs> nice to just hear different takes on it and the genre and, uh, what you like about it. So, Glad we were able to do this. Glad we were able to get some fresh perspective from a couple of our newer hosts and uh, wrapping it up for Vampires Revisited. I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Benny, Hot Toddy. Stay scary.